0: it is center's day here at the locked on pacers podcast as we close out the positional free agency series do the pacers need a center maybe not but i can make an argument for a few guys that actually make sense and would help this pacers team we'll talk about all of it today on the locked on pacers podcast you are locked on pacers your daily indiana pacers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome in to another edition of the Lockdown Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East, I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, diving in back on the free agency hunt, looking at the center position. Hear me out, there are some players that make sense, there are arguments that make sense, like point guard, definitely not a position of need for the Pacers, but still, hear me out. Obviously, it's draft week. Every other episode this week dedicated to the draft, the latest rumor batch. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. Lots of new stuff from Brian Winhorst over at ESPN. Mark Stein put out some new stuff, new stuff about their late firsts. As usual, they have their final draft workout uh, later today as well, which is why it felt good to start this week tomorrow for Draft Stuff. Talk about what Ryan Carr, their uh, director of player development, said at the final draft workout. So lots of good draft stuff coming tomorrow. We'll have guests every single day until Friday when it's, of course, talking about what they actually did or if they do something before that. You get the idea. So this is the last non-draft show of the week and then next week it's all free agency leading up to that. But this is the last episode of the free agency preview series as well as all the prospects are done. If you want to listen to any of the top 11 guys they've been covered here. We finished up with Anthony Black last week. Let's dive in to the centers here. We've done every other position last week. Ethan Krieger and I talked about power forwards. Alex Golden and I did the small forwards if you want to hear those. Obviously, a little more positions of need those two for the Pacers than center. Significantly so. But the history of the five spot for the Pacers in free agency and in additions is interesting. Because, of course, if you look at the generic historical five positions of basketball, of course, this is the one the Pacers need the least. They have Miles Turner. He fit very well with Tyrese Halliburton. He was wonderful for them last year. He got over some of his injury bugaboos. They have two young guys. They have Daniel Tice. Like, not only do they already have depth, They have youth. They have two youth pieces, really. They've got a modern center. They've got a bruising center. They've got a defensive center. They've got a good rebounding center, right? They have, like, every kind of prototype. They check a lot of the youth boxes already, so it's not like they would go take a flyer on somebody. They have the veteran depth dude in Tice, who's the bruiser. It's like this is the least likely position for the Pacers to pursue. I've also said that a lot in the past, and then they would go out, and signed Kylo Quinn, who played 45 games for them in a season uh, where they already had Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis on the team. And then after Kylo Quinn became a free agent, they drafted Goga Batadze. And they, so they've they've made some surprising additions at the center spot before. I think they've learned lessons from that. Also, though, in the past, I've seen with this team, uh, they've been in positions where it feels like they have maybe too many centers, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the season, they go, "Oh crap, we need to sign Amida Brima." to a two-way so we can actually feel the big man to the team because Turners had injury prone issues before for example so it's just a funky spot it always has been the Pacers have always kind of valued having veteran depth at this spot and so yeah they have all the bases covered right now but one it's not inconceivable that Tice could be traded, one of the two young bigs could be traded, perhaps both of those things happen. Because if they trade away just one big, if they just trade away, name your favorite of the backup centers, or least favorite, I guess. You know, If they just trade away Jalen Smith, for example, he's not, none of them are my least favorite, I just picked one of the names. If they trade away Jalen Smith, they still have three bigs, they don't need another one. They would have to trade away two bigs to truly need another depth piece at big, right? So the, their need to sign centers is zero and their need to use resources to add centers is zero unless they make a couple other moves or a consolidation move or something. And then all of a sudden they could need centers, but hear me out. I already made the, the, they've done this before thing. Is it so crazy that they would trade away two centers one and two, oh also I forgot Al Jefferson, another guy. Um, like with the point guards, I'm going to make the actual case here to bring in centers. And that's that the centers the Pacers would sign are the non-actual centers, right? At point guard, I went through players who could play on the wing. Delano Banton is, if the Pacers sign a point guard, my favorite target for them at that position this summer because he's huge. He can play on the wing. He's 6'9". He, he is effectively a guy you can play... Two, three, four, if you need to, because of his size. So, if the Pacers do sign a, a center now, I have to use air quotes the rest of the show because most of the players that I think make sense in this mold I'm talking about are players who have a history of not actually playing center. They can play other positions. Pacers, all too familiar with the big man playing at the four, they tried the experiment with Sabonis for years. And years Jakar Sampson played center for them he's really a four like they you could go back through time and find this for forever Jalen Smith started at the four for them for 27 games last year I somehow forget that that happened all the time um either way They've seen it a lot, it's been a thing for this team, but there are centers who are much more capable of doing that from a shooting perspective or from a defense perspective who could be out there on the market. If you've looked at the thumbnail of this episode, you already know one of the names we'll get to who I don't think the Pacers should sign at all, but is definitely more four than five and is out there. And that is where this discussion actually gets a little more interesting to me than the point guard discussion because... Centers who can play the four or defend fours that becomes extremely valuable for the Pacers right because they need fours who can defend quite badly. So what you're really saying what I'm really saying is this player would be a four right for the Pacers and so you're saying they're signing a power forward. That's something they've said they have needed Rick Carlisle said it on the record that they needed it Kevin Pritchard said they need guys at this position. So yeah, maybe this player is considered a center or Track considers him a center. Again, I've been using their list of players' positions, so I don't overlap talking about a player for any episode, and I think they do a very good job of putting these guys into the right bucket. So perhaps this player is traditionally a center or has been a center for a while, but they can play the four, and they can do it well. Then they become actually valuable to the Pacers all of a sudden because the Pacers need anything at the four, right? They could enter the season with just Jordan Wara, at that spot, depending on how free agency and the draft go. Obviously, I, everybody expects them to get some players at that position, including myself. But you can never have too many forward pieces. That was talked about in the forward episodes. That was talked about in the small forward episodes. If a center can play four, and I have four tabs open on basketball reference of players that we'll talk about today who I think can do that, at least. There's plenty more. But the, the for like, oh, this player is actually good. That player makes sense for the Pacers to me. They would fit in well with what the team need. They would add an element of size on the perimeter that this team needs. And in the case of two and a half of them, three of them, they can also shoot it. And all of a sudden, it's maybe a stretch four who can defend. Now, one of them can't defend at all. One of them's pretty poor on that end. The other two at best suspect, right? There's no perfect fits of this mold of the five who can play the four and can defend and can shoot or else they'd be in really, really high demand or not considered a center and be entirely considered a power forward. But there are players who exist in this mold and this position isn't something that you can just write off. What you can do is say, hey, if you're a five with only five skills or if you're a traditional big man or any number of normal center things, if you can't play the four, The Pacers don't want you. They don't need you. They don't have room for you on their team, especially if they have Tice, one young big, and Turner next year. They really have no room for you then. And if you're that player anyway, it's very hard for teams to kind of fit you in. We did just see in the NBA Finals, right? Cody Zeller, minimum centers were resurgent. DeAndre Jordan got minutes for the Nuggets in the final somehow, Um, you know, like, Good screen roll centers of any age can be valuable, but the Pacers have that already. So the only guys that make sense for them, guys who can stretch it out, guys who can be forces on the defensive end, or guys who can play the four. We'll get to all those as this show progresses. I want to talk about the best players available on the center market this summer. Do any of the best available make sense for the Pacers as targets? Are they even better than miles turner that seems like the entirety of the question before we talk about that though i want to talk to you guys about ibotta we're always throwing money at something school supplies a new house project the list goes on and on it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return Enter Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You just link your loyalty account, upload your receipt, boom, you get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, that fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning due to inflation. You can earn two and a half times that and cash back with ibotta who gives you real cash back not points other apps give you points not ibotta real cash back you can earn the cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with ibotta including lowe's macy's sephora best buy and more right now ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars just for trying it sign up at ibotta use the code locked when you register five dollars just go to the app store or google play store download the free ibotta app and use the code lock that's i-b-o-t-t-a in the google play or the app store use that promo code locked Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen today and every single day. For your second listen, what kind of trade is this? The Wizards and the Suns did what? What? Locked On Suns with Brendan clean to hear the Suns getting Bradley Beal for huh? And Locked On Wizards to hear the sad state of my Wizards right now after waiting way too long to trade Bradley Beal and giving him a no-trade clause and getting wah, wah, wah for him. Man, Locked On Wizard, just gonna be fun this week. Let's continue talking about the Pacers and the center position in free agency. Who are the best guys on the market in this spot? And can any of them do what was described in the first segment? Slide to the four, fit on the Pacers on the perimeter help them with their defensive issues, help them with shooting, something. Can they give the Pacers something that isn't just, I'm a vibe and all of a sudden, the same problems of Turbonis are back? What's the point of doing this? Let's look at the top of this position where the best player on the market is Brooke Lopez, who is basically just slightly better at Miles Turner and a bunch of stuff, and is gonna be more expensive than Miles Turner, except that he's way older, so maybe not. Um, makes no sense for the Pacers to sign Brooke Lopez. They have a Brooke Lopez at home. Named Miles Turner. That was quick and easy. See, this is not always going to be silly. The second center, the only other all-star tiered player on Spotrak's list of centers is Nikola Vucevic. Also can't do four stuff, right? Brook Lopez, amazing defender around the basket in drop. He's huge. He's smart. He's always in the right spot. Can't defend on the perimeter. Can't fit next to another big. Nikola Vucevic, same kind of stuff. Decent in the mid-range. Can kind of shoot it. Spreads it out for the Bulls a little bit. More nimble than Lopez. Can't defend on the perimeter. Can't play the four at all. These guys are okay shooters, but they have no history playing next to another big. They can't move away from the rim that much on the defensive end. Despite their immense talent, I don't even think Vucevic is better than Turner anymore. Neither of them makes sense for the Pacers. And I think many of you will argue that Turner's better than Brook Lopez. I'm not sure I'm there, but they're both very close to the same level. At worst and that is it for the centers who are better or potentially better or have been at any point in their career better than Miles Turner on the free agency market. Everybody else is worse and would not start for the Pacers and so we're already at the point of like, well, who's good? What's the point of this exercise, right? It's to see is anyone good enough at the stuff we talked about earlier at the top of this class. The third best free agent center in this class, this is Perspo Tracks Rankings, A very good player, but not somebody the Pacers should want. Jakob Pertl with the Raptors. Same kind of deal that we've talked about, except can't shoot, unlike Vucevic and Lopez, despite being a wonderful defender. Terrible fit for the Pacers. Not as good as Miles Turner. There's nothing else to say there. And then we get to the fourth guy, and the first guy worth talking about for more than eight seconds, and that's Christian Wood. Christian Wood, fresh off of a very fascinating season with the Dallas Mavericks, has had a strange career. Let's talk about Christian Wood. Christian Wood can certainly play the four. In fact, he has at times, right? In his past teams, playing alongside Embiid even with the Sixers, playing alongside Plumleys and various bigs with the Hornets, playing alongside the aforementioned Brook Lopez with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, playing the four in Detroit. I can't remember who the five on that team was. I think they still had Drummond. And then he transitions to playing center with the Rockets and the Mavs this past season, although he did play next to JaVale McGee at times and next to Dwight Powell at times. You know, he he plays next to other bigs, and that's where this discussion actually matters. If you heard me earlier allude to the thumbnail of this video for YouTube, it's got Christian Wood in it because he's the best of the center players who can actually play the four, right? This past season, over a third of his shots were threes. His true shooting percentage was amazing, 62.4%. That's really good. Um you know, he has an offensive game. A lot of that comes from the fact that he can shoot, right? 37.6% from deep this past season. On almost 300 threes. In fact, over the last 4 seasons, the only four of his career he's taken more than 100 threes, Christian Wood has made 38.2% of nearly 1000 threes. That dude can absolutely shoot it. That dude can put it on the floor. That dude can create a tiny bit for himself. He's not a great passer at all. He's also really good on the glass. Two seasons of nearly 10 rebounds, right? This dude is a four who can do stuff that would help the Pacers. He can shoot and grab rebounds. He is also an atrocious defensive player. I mean, it's it's been really brutal how bad his defense has been the last couple of years. His on-off net ratings with the Rockets and Mavs were negative, meaning the team did better with him on the bench than on the court. And that is almost entirely because of his defense, because his offensive game is wonderful. Maybe that if a team signs Christian Wood, they say, that's a system thing, those teams had you know good bench players to back him up whatever you could squint and say a lot of things but that's part of this and also a concern is every team he's on has not really been psyched to have him back he's only been on the same team two years in a row once that was the Rockets uh the two years preceding this one it doesn't seem like he'll be back at the Mavs maybe I guess I am kind of guessing there um you know why is that I don't know him very well I don't know anyone around him I'm not going to guess but you know if that is always something with a player as talented as him, you go kind of go, Hmm, why Um, either way actually makes sense for the Pacers as a five, because you can play the four. Now his defense is so bad that maybe you say, eh, the Pacers don't really want to consider this. But if you say, Hey, you can play bench four for us, go score as much as you want. Pacers might be interested in something like that. I don't know that they would or wouldn't be, but they need size desperately at that spot. He's 6'10. He's mobile. He's only 27. There's something to that. The rest of the starter tier for the centers in this free agency market can't do that. We're already done with the guys who actually make real sense for the Pacers. Christian Woods, the end, because Mason Plumley of the talented players, excuse me, I have plenty other potential fits who are centers for the Pacers. Mason Plumley, um, no, <laughs> despite being from Indiana, just doesn't make any sense. Isn't as good as Turner quite frankly is barely better than daniel Tice anymore uh is on the wrong side of 30 just doesn't make sense it just it just doesn't i don't i don't even know why i would continue talking naz reed is the last guy in this starter tier on spotrack uh, great player naz reed was fantastic for minnesota this past year someone's going to love getting naz reed probably the Timberwolves. He can kind of shoot, but not quite enough to be considered a four. He can't really defend the perimeter. He's only six nine, though. Like he's kind of he's really fast and athletic. If he could defend the perimeter a little better, he could play next to other bigs, which is concerning because the Timberwolves might have too many of those guys but he's good uh and he's young and if the Pacers ended up getting him I would understand I suppose why uh that probably means they would have traded away several other bigs to do so but he is good he just doesn't fit the Pacers (laughs) he just does not fit what they need his skill set is not that important to the Pacers but an efficient guy good block rates like does good stuff on defense but can't defend the perimeter enough for the Pacers to justify it kind of same deal with Christian Wood although Wood definitely has spent more time playing next to other bigs and showing he can play the four than someone like Naz Reed actually has. There's a few other guys who could squint and say are starter level like Dwight Powell, Andre Drummond, I suppose, but neither of them really jump out to me as starter level players anymore. Dwight Powell, one of Rick Carlisle's faves, but again, doesn't really make sense for the Pacers at all (laughs) as he's 32 and doesn't stretch it out at all. And Drummond definitely doesn't stretch it out. Uh, Amazing rebounder. Somehow he still isn't 30 years old. I feel like he's been in the NBA for 6,000 years Um, fine players don't make sense on the Pacers but there are some players that do I've talked about one which was Christian Wood there are a couple other guys who kind of fit that mold to me of centers who actually make some sense for the Pacers let's uh, conclude this show talking exclusively about guys that actually fit the three and potentially D mold in some of these cases We'll get to all that to close out today's show. Before we do that, though, I want to talk to you guys about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a simple concept: pick a baseball player, pick whatever sports going on player. Will they go over, under? Their Prize Picks projections super easy format. During basketball, for example, you could pick Luka Doncic to score more or less than 27 and a half points in a game. You can do that for two to six players on your entry. You could up to 25 times your money. It's not you versus other people like other daily fantasy things. It's just you versus those projections, and that's why Prize Picks can be so fun. You can make those picks quickly. There's so many stats you can do it for. Rebounds, assists, whatever. It's safe. There's fast withdrawals. It's operational over 30 states and Canada. Gotta try it. Download the Prize Picks app or. Go to pricepicks.com, sign up, and play Daily Fantasy Sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePicks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePicks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 at PricePicks Daily Fantasy. Made easy. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today. And every single day for your second listen, my gosh, the rumors are buzzing around the league. It's draft week. Pick any team, pick any team that interests you leading into the draft or free agency. Jump right into their lockdown show and hear what is going on there. I personally will check out Lockdown Blazers with Mike Richmond for my first listen uh, on Monday because what the heck is going to go on in Dame Lillard land? I don't know, but they have the third pick, and Dame Milard, and it's going to be fascinating to see what they ultimately do. Let's close out today's show, the final free agency preview segment until we get more concrete stuff on the Pacers free agency plans because we won't know anymore until the draft is over. Looking at centers who make sense for the team. If you just tilted your head. I don't blame you, but I promise I have a few guys who make sense in the vein of Christian Wood, right, to lead off with him again. This guy's played next to bigs before. He can really shoot it. He's mobile. He can be your microwave score off the bench. This dude average 21 points per game two seasons ago. Like Christian Wood, at his best, is a force. His defense, again, totally stinks. Maybe not what the Pacers want, but as a bench dude, because he's a self-creator instead of some of these other bigs I was talking about who can just shoot and can't defend at all, he would be interesting for a number of reasons. I don't know what his price point's going to be. I don't know what his situation's going to look like, but he's the kind of four you can go, I get it. He's also listed as a five, which is where this discussion is all about. What other fives are there that could make sense for the Pacers? I'll just lead off with one that I think of all the guys in this discussion, probably the best choice. That's Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala bouncing around the league was terrific last year for the Thunder. Absolutely fantastic. And was pretty good. Still, after being traded to Boston midseason because... He can shoot it. And he's also played the four next to other bigs, back with the Hawks uh, even a little bit early in his OKC days, as well as with the Lakers and, again, the Sixers next to Embiid, like somebody we talked about earlier. So we've seen Mike Muscala be a four. We've seen Mike Muscala shoot it really well. In fact, since he started actually seriously taking threes in 2016-17, Mike Muscala has made 38% of his threes. That is seven years of solid shooting and he is not quick but he's not embarrassing as a defender moving away from the basket i wouldn't say he's good i wouldn't say he's bad either low turnover low mistakes kind of player knows where to be decent on the glass over 60 percent true shooting both of the last two seasons in fact he's never had a true shooting percentage since his rookie year lower than 56 percent mike muscala can freaking play his three point attempt rate super high he's basically a stretch four with a little bit of feet he's not quick necessarily but he's not going to embarrass himself if he has to defend away from the rim I will say it's not a surprise that some of his least effective seasons have been the one where he's been forced to play the four at least in terms of defensive impact but it's not bad it's not bad and so if you strike out completely as the Pacers on fours or you get someone awesome and you just need like the cheapest backup ever who can also put Masquerade as a five because of some other moves you made Mike Muscala would actually make sense for them and that is the, probably the best center fit for the Pacers on the market is Mike Muscala. That dude can shoot. He's not embarrassing on defense. He doesn't make any mistakes. He can play other positions. He's a good vet. He'd be a good fit. And I think he is probably the best fit of this whole show that we'll get into, despite there being some players that I absolutely love or some other interesting veteran 4-5 combo fits. Speaking of veteran 4-5 combo fits, about a legend who was tied to the Pacers in trade talks years ago? Some fans will get PTSD from this name. Kevin Love just played in the finals. Every time he's made the playoffs, he's made the finals. That maybe will end at some point. Kevin Love is a center by trade. That dude can play very well on the basket. His whole career he's played next to another center. Tristan Thompson, Nikola Pekovic, Bam Adebayo most recently, uh, or whoever the heck was at center between Mobley and Allen for the Cavs. A million centers. He's always played four, except for that one year before they got Mobley, but after they were still good in Cleveland. Kevin Love is a 5-4. He can actually play the four. He can really shoot it. We've seen that for years and years. His passing is wonderful. He's a brilliant vet. Teams love having him around. The Heat were excited to get him. The Cavs loved keeping him for the years that they had him. He was there for nine years. Exceedingly valuable them, won a championship obviously six-time all-star it doesn't matter that's not the player he is anymore but a wonderful vet um he can shoot it he didn't shoot it great this past season but 37 percent for his career 39 percent two seasons ago on six attempts per game that's in 74 games like that's a high volume 500 attempts that season three-point shooter in 2021-22 he can still shoot it He's a really good passer. He's also not a good defender. <laughs> His foot speed is not very good. He obviously has a very, very famous defensive play on Steph Curry. The finals, that is not what I consider to be uh, <laughs> Kevin Love's defensive impact level anymore. But he gets up threes. Crazy high three-point attempt right these last couple seasons. His efficiency is fine. He's a good locker room guy. He can play the four. If you need him at the five, he can play the five. I don't know what role he's looking for. I don't know if he would take the role or money the Pacers are offering, but amazingly somehow in the circle of life after he was potentially reportedly at least in Paul George trade talks years ago, Kevin Love makes sense for the Pacers. If they pursue a center this offseason. the odds Kevin Love is on the Pacers next year, extremely low to be totally clear, but of the players you can consider centers that are available this summer as free agents, not the worst fit on the, the market. I'm going to talk about a Tony crush player next who is good and is a center who can play the four and that's Gorgie Jang Gorgie Jang. Uh, in fact, if you've listened to me do these free agency previews by position for several summers on end, talked about Gorgie Jang a lot <laughs> because he checks a lot of the boxes of the players we just talked about since 2016, 17 since he started t- taking threes similar to uh, Muscala we talked about earlier. Gorgie Jang has made 37% of his threes, not including this past season where he only took a few because he was in and out of the Spurs. They cut him. They put him on 10 days, whatever. He didn't even take 100 of them. He's an okay shooter. He can stretch it out a little bit, his best season being uh, 43% in 2020-21. His highest volume season, he's settled in at 36%. Like He can shoot it a little bit. He's played next to bigs before. In Minnesota, most notably, he's played mostly center in his career, but even at Atlanta a little bit, he's playing next to other bigs. He can do it. It's not like ideal, but he can do it. He's a good rebounder. He's a good in-position player. He can move his feet well enough. I wouldn't love to see him on the perimeter anywhere, but he's much better on the rim. His block rate's really high, but not embarrassing as a defender. He, again, checks these boxes like these other guys of Has a skill that can make him be a four if you need him to be. I've always really liked his game just in general. And I wanted to include him in here because he checks a lot of the boxes of the other guys. I think Mascala and Wood are the best fits of the guys we've said here. But all these names, uh, including Levin Jang, make a little bit of sense to me. Of course, given the Pacers' age, I think any young center with upside, I, I would get it. I don't think it makes sense because they have two young centers. But... If they went after a center just for their upside, sure. Like Mo Wagner, he can kind of do stuff on the perimeter. He's kind of a four. I mean, I don't think he'd leave his brother in Orlando, and there's definitely more five than four, but he's young. He's interesting. Nas Reed is young. That's why I wanted to really talk about him earlier. Xavier Tillman is young, and I like what he can do. He's also very much only a center, <laughs> which makes him extremely less interesting uh, for the Pacers can't spread it out neither can Wagner really I mean I was kind of going over the top there Jackson Hayes is young he can't really spread it out he's exclusively a five like there's no one who is both young and can stretch it out except for maybe John Butler if you remember him from Florida State he's that really skinny seven foot one guy uh, he could shoot it in college he's definitely more four or five he didn't end up shooting it very well in the NBA I just thought his game was interesting prior to reaching the pros but there's not a lot of youth that makes sense for the Pacers who can do the stuff I've talked about, but there are some interesting fives who can do four things that in theory would make sense for the Pacers, especially if they move some of their bigs, which seems decently possible given their situation. We'll know more this week, though. This whole rest of the week, draft time. Once the team is settled after the draft, free agency preview is way easier. You know the team, you know who's still around, you know who's new into the mix of the rest of this week, all draft stuff. We'll talk about the latest rumors tomorrow. We'll preview the draft, talk some new strategy stuff I've been thinking about that I haven't really aired those thoughts anywhere later this week. Draft preview itself on Thursday and, of course, recap on Friday. Lots of guests lined up. You won't want to miss it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show and had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. Have a fantastic day. We will see you tomorrow.